Students at Seaman High School just north of Topeka ignited intense community conversation last year when their research revealed the school district's namesake had been an exalted cyclops in the Ku Klux Klan. Now, election year animosity over critical race theory has inflamed debate about whether to change the district's name. Strong opinions on the subject are evident in heated school board meetings, elections for school board seats, and Facebook groups flooded with racist comments. Caught in the crossfire are students who want to change the name and sever ties with the known clan leader. In some cases, they have been personally attacked by adults for sharing their views. Joining us today to talk about the school name and community response are Seaman High School seniors Kevin Nguyen and Emma Simpson. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I feel good to be here. Good. Let's start just by introducing yourselves a little bit for the, the people listening. Um, Kevin, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a Vietnamese um, student. I'm a senior at Seaman High School. Both my parents came here from Vietnam. And uh, I'm really involved in like some clubs and activities, but I'm really more mostly involved in our equity, equity action network. Very good, Emma? Yeah, um, I'm a white woman, um, senior at Seaman High School. Um, I've been in Seaman High School my whole life. My dad's a teacher at the middle school, so when this kind of issue popped up, I knew I had to jump right in. Very good. Well, let's start by talking about what this issue is. We had a a couple of student journalists at your school a year ago, after digging through some archives, were able to prove a long-standing rumor that the namesake of the school, Fred Seaman, had actually been a, an, an exalted cyclops in the local Ku Klux Klan. It was basically the leader of the local Ku Klux Klan. Uh, maybe, Kevin, if you can fill us in from there, tell us about Fred Seaman. Who was he? So yeah, Fred Seaman wasn't known to be much of a figure in Topeka, Kansas. He really only stayed in Topeka, Kansas for maybe 10, 15 years, as I was recalling, that he really only started the school district and then he immediately left, as my uh, history teacher, uh, Mr. McAllister, once said. And that we only really remember him because he just started school, but if you look at all the, the photos after he started the school, he really isn't there and he's not present. And so people come up with this idea that Fred Seaman's been here for a long, long time, and that's not the case. That's why we bring up this case that Fred Seaman came to North Topeka, and then he was part of the Ku Klux Klan, and he just started the school as part of his mission to make Seaman High School or North Topeka better, as quote-unquote better, and then after that he immediately left. So that's what I remember. I think at one point he was actually... Uh, trying to get the clan's nomination for for positions in public office. That's know? correct, yes. Emma, what, what do you know about Fred Seaman? Um, I know that one of the big controversies that we had at the school was that in our little um, section of, like, Hall of Fame for Seaman, where we have, like, like um, honor students and, like, past administration, that his photo is up there. And having his photo kind of, like, in that Hall of Fame was a big deal to our students. Well, tell me why this is significant to you. Why, why is this a big deal? Um, I think that this is a big deal because I think it's about protecting our students. I think when you bring um, things like racism and homophobia and bigotry to light, it brings out more people who all of a sudden feel the need that they can speak up with hate. And um, a lot of my friends are people of color, and I feel like if I didn't speak out, I wouldn't be doing my job as their friend trying to help them. I think you've actually 
written some words about this. Do you mind sharing with yeah. us? This is a, a poem that you wrote on the subject. Yeah, Sunday. so I entitled this, When Hate Enters the School. When hate enters the school, walking to class becomes an obstacle course. Students hurtle over insults in an attempt to get through the day. It's no longer about education, it's about survival. When hate enters the school, snickers in the hallway transform from playful banter to a thick smog that suffocates anyone with open ears. It's no longer about education, it's about survival. When hate enters the school, classrooms become cemeteries filled with lost dreams. Lockers deteriorate into coffins labeled with children's names and names attached to faces that used to smile and look forward into the upcoming school day. It's no longer about education, it's about survival. Those are powerful words. Thank you for, for sharing that. Kevin, what, what is significant about this to you? Yeah, so what's significant about to me is that the word Fred Seaman really represents a white community in North Topeka and that people want to keep it that way as our demographics is mainly 85% uh, white students and that the 15% is minority and that through this feeling of being one of the minorities, it feels like this gentrified apartment complex where there's no flags except the American flag. There's not a lot of decoration except um, U.S. history, uh, things like that. And when I go to other schools like Manhattan or Washington Rural, I see there's more of a melting pot of diversity and culture where I see the European flags, Asian flags, South American flags. But when you come back to North Topeka Seaman High School, you don't see that there. And so it's important to me to change that culture because our minority population is only going to grow. And that if they continue having to live under Fred Seaman's district, when we guarantee know that he's a Ku Klux Klan leader, it hurts my heart knowing that fellow Asians that follow after me that I didn't do any effort. And this is why I want to change and put my full effort into this. Does it make you feel like less of a student knowing that there's this kind of divide there? Yeah, it feels like the foundation to my education is always tainted or that when I talk to students, they have this um, card over me that their mm -hmm. district is built based upon that white uh, white students will have always an advantage over minority students that whenever we ever try to fight back, they always can rely on the Fred Seaman name. How have you tried to speak out about this? Yeah, so how I try to speak out to this is that if I ever see any uh, racist remarks or things like that, I immediately try to confront that and try to stop that. Or I go to teachers. I remember I went to Mr. McAllister, my uh, history teacher, and we talked about how we really don't incorporate uh, race into our history. And then we had a long conversation about that. And then the year after that, he became the humanities uh, education director for Kansas. And so that was just one of the ways. Other ways that I joined EAN and I was part of the equity council for our district there where I advocated for um, more change on our policy and more enforcement of those rules this surrounding race. Is this a council race. among students or what kind of council is this? So it's a council among uh, our super, our district board chairman, um, some teachers around at the elementary schools, middle schools, and the high schools, um, and two students. So it's really encompassing around the whole district between teachers, um, 
the administration and students combined. And so every month or so, we go, we review policy, we have talks about what we need to change, and those actions are then referred to the right people in our district. How have you advocated for a change in the school name? Have you spoken to the school board about this? Yeah, I was talking to the school board this on multiple accounts of this. Uh, I've also gone to protests that were advocating against, uh, I mean, for the name change. And then other things I've also messaged about my teacher. We formed the Equity Action Network that fights against this uh, Fred Seaman. Other ways is that, well, right now we're talking about it, so... That's only a multitude of the ways I can talk about it on top of my head. Emma, how about you? Uh, We also, uh, during COVID, like right before all of uh, this mess started, uh, we had a petition go around um, and it got thousands and thousands of signatures from people um, nationwide, even like global, um, who were backing us up, trying to give us support for this name change. Yeah, it was like tens of thousands, right? Yeah. You say before this mess started, I think you're talking to the kind of the backlash in the, the semen community about the, the name change? Yeah, so one of the ways we try to get people to join like these protests like Kevin was talking about is by posting online. I know we have like Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts and most of the hate and the backlash that we have received um, from other community members across the board has been um, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Just absolute negativity directed towards towards students and teachers we've had um teachers who have been like questioned and attacked their family members who have been threatened it's wild to me do you have any examples that come to mind something that somebody has said in a facebook post yeah actually it's funny that there's two kind of facebook groups that are are really uh, relevant in our conversation about Fred Seaman. So there's a group called uh, the Fight for USD 345 Kids group. And then the parody, the group that f- uh, formed against them, the reasonable people for USD uh, 345 Kids. And so it's really this back and forth thing between these two groups. And one thing that I've heard from the, uh, the Fight for USD uh, 345 group was that they've actually called for uh, actual death threats against our teachers and they've um yeah they've called for violence and for actions against these teachers and i remember some teachers were really concerned about their health and they were expressing among the students and as minority students it felt like straight up attacks against our race yeah do you feel safe i feel do i feel safe mm, physically i feel safe mainly because i have a 10-year martial arts degree so the physical safetyness <laughs> it's there but you know have either of you like engaged with people on facebook or in comments about this um on social media i have not but i know like in person especially at the school um in the hallways is where i hear it a lot is like if it's like a white person saying the n-word or talking um positively about the kkk i immediately tell one of my trusted teachers and then go right to our um, higher administration and let them know what's going on so that they can get a jump on that. Do you feel safe in this this situation? And you're you're reporting this behavior. You're a public face to a certain extent of this this push. I don't feel as if I'm the one who's being targeted. Mm-hmm. So by that extent, I feel safe. But I I worry and I weep 
for my friends who are being targeted. Do either of you feel like the school is doing enough to protect students who are speaking out? Um, it's there's a lot of theater behind the US, the uh, three four five administration. There's a lot of theater where they they try to put up policies and they constantly reaffirm um, that like they're doing their best and they're putting up these uh, committees where they're gonna research this stuff and they make it to believe that it's going to be better for minorities eventually. But right now, there's no enforcement amongst these policies. And it's obvious that minorities themselves and our students, they're scared to, um, to, to talk to their teachers or to talk to administrations because they, lack, they fear there's lack of enforcement. Yeah, and there's, I would argue that there is a handful of teachers who are really trying their best to be supportive of students but I think a lot of people are scared, like not only of the death threats that have been going out, but like for their jobs. Like if they don't back what the board thinks, that they're going to be in danger of losing their job. And then what happens? When I looked at some of the responses on social media, many of them obviously racist. One of the things that keeps coming up is they refer to you as troublemakers. They refer to the students who want to change the name as troublemakers. Do you feel like troublemakers or do you feel like troublemakers is a bad thing? I think it's I think it's good. You know, having a good trouble as to quote historical figures, it's still get it's still have the good trouble, you know. You can't have change without um, struggle and then if you don't struggle you're not gonna have any change. So so be it, you know. You know, it's always that constant cycle where the youngers want to have something new and the olders don't want anything to change. So nothing affects me. Emma, do you like being a troublemaker? <laughs> Definitely something I haven't been called before. It's a little bit of a, a new upbringing for me. Like if you were to look at Kevin and I, Kevin and I are, are great kids. You know, we're respectful and we're kind and we have really good grades and we're well respected. Oh, you're too kind. Except <laughs> all of a sudden when we're starting to step out that door and speak out. You know, it, it seems like a relatively simple request. Let's let's not name the school after a clan leader. What why do you think there's such a hostile strong reaction to this? I would argue that um student-wise, it's a lot of um hearing what parents think and then repeating, which I think is where a lot of mm. like uh, younger bigotry comes from. Um, you know, because a lot of people, they don't, they don't want to learn more. They don't want to understand. They just think what they want to think without going into further detail. I have to wonder if that's true of older people as well. I mean, not old people, but I mean, everybody along the, the spectrum of, of age, it seems like a lot of people don't want to learn any more about this. True. I think it's like that sense of ownership that they own this community and that they don't want to um, lose this sense of identity in their community if uh, some some people come in and they demand a name change and they feel like if they don't do anything, they lose their um, community to the outside forces. And that's why they're fighting so hard against this change and that they're saying that if we change this name, I, I'm not joking you, they're concerned about the names on the back of their like letterman jackets and they said how are we going to replace the word siemens on the back of it yeah so piggybacking off of that i think one of the key details that kind of like flipped for me when i was kind of deciding to like start speaking up was that for me it's about my morals 
Mm. You know, like, am I going to speak out against what's right and back my friends and what I think is right? Or am I going to stay as a bystander and let it pass by me? Mm. It's interesting. Um, So many people have such a strong attachment to their high school years. I I do not care if I ever set foot in my high school again. I I have no animosity toward them, but they were not... The best years of my life. I, I think a lot of people continue to grow after high school, um, but that is one of the the prevailing th- things that we see. Is you know, I was there in 1968, and uh, this is the name that I used to represent myself in the com- the community. Why are you trying to change this? Um, do you feel any, I guess, sympathy for that that kind of argument, the the identity argument? I don't. Um, yeah, I agree with her where I don't really feel that a name is everything, right? Um, to quote the Avengers movie, you know, it's not, it's not the place or the name that's um, the identity of the, the group. It's the group itself that really named itself. And I think it's so much more than just a name that we're fighting for right now. It's everything that that name represents. It's where that gets close to home some of the the arguments that are made are that it's that fred seaman was also more than just a clansman that you know he advocated for a rural high school north of topeka that um perhaps there are other things that he did for the community or in the community or for schools in general that should be part of the the consideration as well how do you feel about that argument yeah um funny funny you asked that because in september in the board meeting this woman brought up a bunch of documents stating the reasons of why Fred Seaman was a good guy. And one of them was that he had a quote-unquote very large community garden. So they bring up these straws that like, cause just because he had a garden can outweigh being in the Ku Klux Klan. Thank you. He, uh, he didn't think black people were, uh, were, were real people. But, but he grew pumpkins. But he, so. he had pumpkins, yes. yes. <laughs> How about you, Emma? I'm I'm a hundred percent with Kevin on this one. I could not have said it better myself. It's it's ridiculous to think that some of these little like personality factors can outweigh who this guy was and what he did. This has really taken over a lot of these school board conversations at, at recent meetings, and it kind of dovetails, I think, with discussions of critical race theory as well, which is something that's happening in school boards all over the state. I, I don't know how many people actually know what critical race theory is, but they're sure they don't like it. Uh, and they're sure that anything that they don't like must be critical race theory. And uh, this seems to be kind of intertwined with, with the legacy of Fred Seaman here. What Do you think that this has kind of muddied the waters? Yeah, so what I think is that critical race theory, while I don't know the full extent of to what the critical race theory um, prevails. Uh, what I think is that they have tapped into this force that if you um, put, if you slap the critical race theory brand on top of any topic dealing with race or anything like that, you will instantly get the backings of millions of people across the world and thus they can continue their actions. So whilst we actually have a base of evidence why we should be critiquing um, Fred Seaman because he's in the Ku Klux land, the community has fought back by just slapping this tag of it's a critical race theory and then they can rally everyone behind it 
And I think what people kind of assume critical race theory is, is that when you hear um, critical race theory, you automatically think anti-white. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's neither here nor there. And that what we're fighting for is not anti-white. It's just pro-people of color. It's pro-protecting our students. And I don't know how anyone would be able to go against that. It seems like there's a, a lot of misunderstanding about the word critical in there too, right? This, this is referring to critical thinking, not being critical necessarily of, of white people or, or of, uh, of anything, I guess. Right. Um, but there are school board candidates who are running specifically as the candidate to oppose the, the change of the name, um, candidates for a couple of seats, I believe. That uh, how do you feel knowing that there are people who are firmly in this camp of preserving the name who could very soon be determining policies that affect your lives as students? I think it's interesting that while you say they want to protect the lives of students, help better our school, they aren't doing one of the things we ask them to do. Mm-hmm. We want to care for our students. We want them to feel loved and protected, and we want that community feel. We don't want racism, hate, bigotry. We don't want our students to come to school fearing for their lives, jumping over those hurdles to get to their classrooms for them to be trapped in a box with nowhere to go. Yeah, I think it's just, um, it's cheap uh, politicking, honestly, where Mm -hmm. they can just tap into this deep passion of the human community. If you just oppose the name change, you're instantly gonna be anyone that's gonna want the name change, so. Honestly, it sickens me, but, you know, that's just politics. And so, you know, it is what it is. Let's say you could wave your magic wand and you you get to change the name of the Seaman School District. Do you have any thoughts on what you would change it to? I'm really a fan of of Soldier High School. I think that fits great. Uh, We could keep that SHS chant. I think that would might... Ease some of everyone's nerves. You wouldn't have to update your letter jackets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Honestly. We could we could keep all of that, and I think um, being in like that Soldier Creek area, um, Soldier Township as well, it would it would be a smooth transition from SEMA High School. Pay tribute to the armed forces as well, perhaps. True. So yeah, my I'm part of a friend group that we're like a bunch of comedians, and so we're like, what if we just name the Fred Seaman against to maybe his relative? Maybe it's like a uh, cherry uh, semen school district. You know, they're always like, what if we just didn't talk about Fred Seaman? Someone also proposed Fred Fred High School. Um, you know, I don't really like the word semen. You know, what if we just really went in the joke? You know what I mean? What if we just changed his last name from semen to, you know? You know, there's a lot of different ways to go with it. I gotta say, I think Soldier might win more hearts and minds than this. <laughs> no, what can I say? <laughs> One of the last things I wanted to talk about was the, uh, you know, really the the civics of this. We heard a lot of discussion in the legislature this past session about civics in high school, and a lot of legislators who feel like high schoolers don't care about civics and are not getting a good civics education. I don't think that this is necessarily what they had in mind, but uh, you two are clearly civically minded. You're you're engaged in what's happening in your schools in a very meaningful way. What, what have you learned through this? Yeah, so I've learned that um, for civics, that if you understand what 
the boundaries and the limits of civics is, you can really um, maximize your um, input and get a lot out of it. Um, not to hate on the legislator, but I sent a few emails to my legislator about some bills. They haven't responded to me for weeks, so that's on them. But anyways, but for like you, when you understand that like politics is not just about big capital, um, uh, Republicans versus Democrats, but getting into like school, um, putting your input in that, where you really learn that your voice matters and that your decision can affect the lives of others just by this, yeah. Hate doesn't have an R or a D beside it. Yeah, yeah um, and I took a um, race and ethics class last semester where we learned a lot about of like um, people of color that you don't hear a lot about mm-hmm. often. No, usually it's the white people who get all of like the fame, and like, oh, we're the firsts. No, <laughs> there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more history. So I think if you come at everything with an open mind and you're willing to listen and you're willing to learn and kind of go that extra mile to really understand what it is you're fighting for, it's going to get you a lot farther than if you're just listening to what mommy and daddy are saying. Have you given any thought to how this may translate into whatever you plan to do after high school? Well, I know that throughout my career, whatever I take, that I'll be closely um, monitoring my school board and my uh, school district wherever I go and that I have a minor part in uh, local government, so I know through um, just participating in our events and uh, our name change today, I know I'll have the tools equipped to do whatever I need to do in the future. And based on what I've witnessed at the school, I know that if I were to get um, interracially married and if I were to have kids that I would not want them going to Seaman High School based on the, the bullying that I've witnessed, I wouldn't feel safe with my kids there. We'll, we'll leave with that final thought. I want to thank both of you for joining us on the Kansas Reflector podcast. Thank yeah, you thanks. Thanks so much. much.